When you're looking at a school and you're going through that process, looking at the Ofsted report is important, looking at the grades important, but you need to consider when was that? How long ago was it? What changes have happened in the school since then? Opening minds, opening doors with EACT, the inspirational education podcast. I'm Michelle Livesey and I'm a journalist with Bauer Media, which owns radio stations across the country from Magic to Absolute to Kiss to the Hits Radio Network and the Greatest Hits Network as well. On this episode of Opening Minds, Opening Doors, we're looking at how to choose the right secondary school. So we're looking at breaking down Ofsted and performance tables, what to look out for when you go to open days and open evenings, that extra 20% that a school might be able to offer you. Well, with us to discuss that is now Gallagher, who is the Director of Education for EACT. First of all, it's a big process, isn't it? It's a big jump going from primary school to secondary school. Where do we start? So... There's so much to consider when choosing a secondary school and um, it's important that the process begins really early on, not wait until uh, your child reaches year six. Um, the process needs to start much, uh, much earlier than that because there's so much involved in that process. Um, it's important to do an awful lot of research to find out which schools are available, which schools have um, places that, that your, your child will be eligible for because there's so many different types of school. Um, but the process needs to start early, and getting out and visiting schools is, is uh, and talking to friends and talking to family who've got children uh, already in those uh, secondary schools is a good place to start. Often, like, children will want to go where their friends are going, won't they, as well? But is that, is that important to think about, or is there an isolation sort of situation there? Because it is a transition period, isn't it, for a child? Yeah, I don't think there's a strict rule. Um, it depends on your, your child. As a, as a parent, you'll know your child better than anybody else. You'll know what makes them tick. You'll know what their, what their needs are. You'll know whether they move into a, a secondary school with a, with a large cohort from their primary school is a, is a good thing, is a positive thing, is a necessary thing. There'll be other children, though, that would, will flourish in a, in a new setting. And then, of course, there are some that are a fresh start, somewhere new, um, is also advantageous. So it really does depend on, on your child. And away from the child as such, there's all the things that go with it to think about Ofsted, performance tables. Are, are they important to look at? Yeah, really important to look at. Um, when you're doing that research, that process of due diligence and, and, and checking out the secondary schools, looking at the Ofsted report's important. Looking at the the progress data, the performance data on the schools, really important. Looking at what's written about the school in, in the news. What you've got to be careful though of, though, is that, uh, mindful of, is that a lot of the information that's publicly available is out of date. Some of that which is available is, is a snapshot in time. So if you think of uh, an Ofsted report, for example, an Ofsted report will, uh, is, a, is a judgment about a school from a group of inspectors on a given day, maybe two days in time. And they are, it's a bit like, a, I guess, a speed camera. It's taking a picture of the school at that time. Now, on that day, the school might be in a really good place, everything going well for them. Um, equally, it might be that on, on the day of the inspection, things don't go according to plan. What the teachers say, what the leaders say, what, what the children say, may not put the school in the best light. And although inspectors are trained to make valid judgments and the inspection process is robust, 
still it is a judgment and it's 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 subjective and it's based on what the inspectors find when they visit not only that those judgments can very quickly become dated so new leaders new teachers so there are some schools that have uh, an outstanding judgment from almost well from 10 years ago so an outstanding judgment of te from 10 years ago it's quite likely that there's uh, a new head teacher it's highly probable that there's a completely new leadership team lots of the teachers will have changed the pupils will be different they may even have a new building may even have a different name but the school ha still has that judgment from those two days 10 years ago so when you're looking at a, a school and you're, you're going through that process looking at the offset report is important looking at the grades important but you need to consider when was that how long ago was it what changes have happened in the school since then Probably a, a more up-to-date measure for, for a lot of schools would be the performance data. Of course, on the back, out, just coming out of the pandemic, there's a gap and we don't have as much performance data as we had previously. And the performance data from a couple of years ago uh, is based on uh, teacher-assessed grades. And while, whilst, again, there was a, a process that teachers went through, there's not the same level of information out there. So when you're looking at the performance data, again, there's a, there's a lag. And that, is, uh, that will tell you something about that cohort and what the school did with that co cohort over five years. But again, you need to be careful about how much you focus on particular types of data. So, uh, for example, attainment, you, you might hear head teachers uh, open evenings talk about attainment. Well, attainment data is, is the level at which each child gets to. So the grades that they achieve and their, their grades from one to nine at GCSE. If, if a child gets a five, that might be a cause for celebration. But if the child was, had the ability and the capability based on their, their primary school scores to get a seven, eight or a nine, then that's not a cause for celebration. So that's attainment. And we need to look at what schools are doing with the children that they have in their care. How much value are they adding to them? And that's where the progress score comes in. And progress is perhaps a, a fairer reflection on the quality of education because it will tell parents, it will tell you how much value is, is added to every child in the cohort by the time they leave that school. That's not in grades, there's a, there's a number. Um, zero would be around about average. Anything above zero, they're adding value. Anything below zero, they've not added any value. And in fact, the children are not doing as well there as they might do in other schools. So that's Ofsted, that's performance tables. Uh, looking at what's in the, in the press, important to do that, looking, speaking to friends and family. But of course, they're their views. And what's reported isn't always, doesn't always have both sides of the, the story. So important to go into that with a bit of caution as well. I was going to say, making up your own mind as well by doing your own research, but you mentioned open dates. How important are they to attend? Really important to attend open days. I wouldn't leave it until year six. I think you need to go in before that, get a sense of what the school's about. Most schools do the same thing for 80% of the time. So uh, a, school, a school is a school. They will all start about half past eight in the morning. They'll all finish about half past three. They'll all have a break. They'll all have a lunch. They'll all teach the national curriculum or at least the national curriculum at key stage three which is English and maths and science and the humanities and so on, languages and the arts. So they'll all teach that at Key Stage 3. There'll be a similar diet as well at Key Stage 4, which is years 10 and 11, 
when the students go on to study GCSEs and, and vocational qualifications. They'll all have a similar class size. They'll be taught in similar settings. So 80% of school A is almost identical to school B. When you go to open evenings, it's important to listen to what the head teacher says about the 20%. So what sets one school apart from another? So that 20% is really important because when you're listening to the head teacher talk, it's really important that you're relating that to your own child and your knowledge of your own child. So that 20% is about the, the school's vision, about the ethos of the, the school, what they hold dear, what they promote, how they manage pupil behaviour, discipline, their approach to extracurricular activities and the clubs and societies. So when you're in that session, you're listening to head teacher speak, you're listening for that 20%. What is that sets them apart? And when you relate that to your own child, you'll know what your child needs. If your child is, is, a, is a gregarious, outgoing child that loves drama, loves the arts, loves theatre, then you're going to want a school that is going to embrace that and develop that. If you've got a child that is mathematical and uh, wants to go on and study maths as a, a later on in further education, higher education, not that you'd necessarily know that when they're, when they're 10, but if you know they've got a mathematical brain and, and they're, they're interested in making and building and engineering, then it might be important there to look at what's on offer for, for a child with those particular interests. So that 20% is really important. If your child has special educational needs and a disability, then it's even more important, I believe, to tune into that culture and also the, the way the schools support students with SEND. And in particular, how inclusive is the school for students with SEND? Um, Quite often, you see, what's happened in the past is that with students with SEND, um, schools have had a tendency to lower expectations. Certainly when I started my, my career, there'd be examples of where three different sheets, worksheets, one for the top group, one for the middle group, and one for the lower ability group, but all with different endpoints. So at the end of the lesson, they're all achieving something different. And all you're doing is disadvantaging the lower ability. You're disadvantaging perhaps those with, with SEND. Um, and those with SEND, of course, aren't always the lower ability. But what happens when you, re when you lower those expectations is you just store up problems down the road. So much more important that the school has the same endpoints, the same high expectations, but the school supports and lifts the child up in order to get to the same place. So if you have a child with, with SEND, Really important to, to understand how the school is going to do that. How they're going to help your child reach the same endpoints as everybody else. What support are they going to put in place? Just on that, how important is it then that parents ask questions and ask the right questions? Because you talked about looking for that, what sits in that 20%. But in an open evening, you might not get all the answers that you wanted. So should parents kind of persist with those questions? Should they ask questions outside of open evenings, what's the best way of doing that? Can't ask too many questions. Before you go along to open evening, I would suggest sitting down and, and, and making a long list of, of questions that are some generic, that, uh, but, uh, but questions that relate to your child. Asking the head teacher, asking the deputy head teacher who's responsible for the curriculum, talk to the person who's responsible for pastoral care, 
talk to the person who's responsible for extracurricular uh, arrangements and, uh, and enrichment activities. Talk to the person who's responsible for careers. Talk to the, 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 the SENCO. Uh, the SENCO is the person in school who's responsible for coordinating uh, SCND provision. Uh, talk to them, ask them about the provision. Um, really important to know, particularly if, if, if your child has uh, an EHCP, an education, health and care plan, really important to check that the school can meet uh, your child's needs. So talk to the SENCO. They'll be open to having that conversation. They'll want to have that conversation with you. Uh, talk to them about the, the provision and what, what it will be like for your child in the school. It doesn't just stop there because we've been talking about choosing the right secondary school. But as you keep saying there, it's a journey, isn't it? It's a journey from start to finish. And how important is it to plan for the finish and what happens next? So there's so many different types of schools out there. Um, maintained schools, academies, grammar schools, uh, private schools, studio schools, schools that finish at 16, schools that go on to 18. So when you start that process... It, it might be that you've got a real desire to put your child into a school that will see them right through from 11 to 18. So the end of the journey is, is moving on into an apprenticeship or into onto university or into, into work. And the, the, the 16, the, you know, the end of year 11, the GCSE point is just a transition point. So the terminus is, is, is 18. And if a school offers an 11 to 18 pathway, the great thing about that is you can see where the, where the students go off to. You can see which universities they go to. You can see which apprenticeships that they're successful on. You can see the destination data. It's, it's more difficult to see that if the school finishes at 16, because which colleges do they go to? You'd want to explore that. Uh, what courses do they uh, move on to? Pathways do they move on to? Apprenticeships do they move on to? So really important to, to, to check that out before you, well, as part of that, that process. And if a school uh, is in 11 to 16 school, so finishes at year 11, important to think about what's careers advice and guidance like within that setting and how are they helping students to move on to the right place to study post-16. Is it important as well to um, word of mouth, I guess, you know, so away from what the school's going to tell you, the performance tables, Ofsted, how important is word of mouth as well? Yeah, word of mouth is important and um, it, you're getting that primary data, aren't you? That primary kind of uh, information from folk who've already got children in the school. So it is important, but it's also important to listen to what they're saying and why they're saying it. I guess it's a bit like TripAdvisor. Um, when you look at TripAdvisor, there are some people who will be moan and will moan about a, a, a hotel and they'll give it three stars and you look at why they've given it three stars and it might be for something that's immaterial, something that doesn't really matter or certainly not important to you. So you need to look at if people are disgruntled or unhappy about the, the school, why are they unhappy? Why are they disgruntled? Is it legitimate? Is it something that you are, would be concerned about or is it just opinion? And equally, the flip, on the flip side of that, if they're raving about the school, what is it that they are so delighted uh, about? What is it that is making them so joyous about this, this school? Is it something that is legitimate? Is it something that is important? Are they enthused about the right things? So when you're talking to folk, just again, there's a, a, a note of caution in that as well. So I think with all of these due diligence activities, you switch your mind on and, and think, what, what am I hearing? and interpreting that and interpreting that uh, with your child in mind. 
And just going back to something you said at the start about people leaving it too late, so when they're already sort of 10 years older, what, when would you recommend that people start opening their minds to thinking about secondary schools? So I think, I think people start looking almost when the child's born. <laughs> you know, uh, that, that's when, when it starts. You know, people are looking, people will move house, won't they? Uh, to move into a catchment area. People will be looking at where primary schools feed into and is there something within admissions policy that means that a, if you go to a, a particular primary school then you stand a better chance of getting into a secondary school of choice. So you need to start as, as, as early as possible. Of course, you're not going to be visiting secondary schools and listening to head teachers when you've got a, with, with the baby, um, but you need to start thinking about it then the first deadline is the 31st of October that's the deadline for getting the application in now if you're applying to a school that perhaps has a, um, a religious character there may be a foundation form that you need to complete as well now, you need to check because sometimes that will go back to the school sometimes it will go to the diocese sometimes it will go to the local authority so you need to check the process that that school the school has set up so the 31st of October that's the deadline then on the 1st of March, is, that's offer day, uh, and you'll be given the name of a school, and that's the school that your, your child uh, will, will attend from the following September. Now, you can appeal uh, that, but if you have put a school down as one of your top preferences and been given that school, it would make it difficult, wouldn't it, to appeal because you express the preference for it. So you're not guaranteed to get your first preference, but they, you will get your highest um, ranked preference that can offer you a place and of course when you're choosing a school really important that you check look back at last year if there's a if, if there's a distance criteria how far away do you live from the school compared to the furthest place that was offered in the previous year and if you're a long way out it might be worth you put considering putting a, a, another school down as your first preference because you will be given the highest preference uh, school that can offer you a place so that's offered there on the 1st of, of March. From the 1st of March until the beginning of September, the secondary school will, will put on all sorts of um, activities, induction days, and there'll be homeschool um, agreement, maybe the signing opportunities, there'll be um, uniform fittings. Um, so that period, the 1st of March to September, is really about getting your child ready, uh, getting them secondary uh, ready. And you'll find that some schools will do maybe look at some testing as well on uh, looking at their ability to read and, and maybe one or two other tests. And that they're not then they're, they're not tests that are going to determine anything. They're, they're tests that will be used to inform the secondary school to ensure that when your child starts in, in September, the school can hit the ground running and provide the, the most appropriate um, education for them. Okay, so just rounding it all up then, what would be your top tips on basically choosing the right secondary school for your child? So number one, start early. Number two, complete that process of due diligence. Talk to parents of children already in the schools. Talk to teachers. Visit the schools. I always find it's helpful to visit schools during open days. Open evenings are great, but open days you see the school in action. So complete that due diligence. Have a look at what's written about the school on the, the Ofsted website, on the performance table uh, website, and focus on that 20%. What is it that sets this school apart from all the others? And are they the right things for my child? Is it going to be the right place for my child? 
Okay, thank you so much for that insight. It was really interesting to hear the different points of view of finding or choosing your secondary skill that you're going to be going along to. So, for any more information on that episode or any of our other episodes for Opening Minds, Opening Doors, you can go to our website, openingmindsopeningdoors.co.uk or you can just search Opening Minds, Opening Doors on social media. Opening Minds, Opening Doors is a Bower Create production for EACT.